Welcome, Hobo. <laughs> Welcome, Perks. Uh, episode 18, doing shortly with Roy Mayorga of Stone Sour, Soulfly, Drums Ministry. Ministry, hell yeah, drums for those two bands as well. Roadrunner United. Yep, and Nausea, the punk band from New York back in the day. Amoebix. Absolute, yeah, Amoebix. There's pretty much nothing this man hasn't drummed on. The man has a good CV. He does. He's a, he's a pretty much a American drumming legend. Yeah. And when he's when he's not doing his uh, full time job of music, what does he do? Hit the golf course? No. He creates film scores. Yeah. He's going to be doing a film with four. The Foo Fighters in a haunted studio. Oh, I've seen that advertised. Looks really cool. Yeah. Studio six six six. We are definitely going to ask him about that. Oh yes, and find out something anything about that would be good wouldn't it yeah yeah definitely definitely i think it's coming out in february but you know um i saw roy play which we'll, i'll probably tell him because i can't help myself <laughs> um with, with soul fly supported by the biscuit at the astoria yeah. mm-hmm. obviously they have you know fresh out the traps then soul fly yeah after sepatura um, obviously he's an immense drummer and that album was great that he drummed on. I oh, think he gotcha. drummed on the first three Soulfly yeah. albums, and then uh-huh. he flew off to other bands. Yeah, he joined Stone, Stone Sour for the second album, Come Whatever May, which we've always loved, haven't we? Oh yeah, yeah, we love that album. Great band. Yeah, and the new one, Hydra, Hydra, Hydro, Hydra. That's a good album as well. Yeah, certainly is. Considering how long that band's been going and they're still writing albums as good as that. Yeah. That's you know, fine. Musically the power's there and the tunes are there. Yeah. It's all good. So I'm really looking forward to speaking to him and yeah, let's get, let's get him on. Let's, let's let him in. Indeed. Hello, Roy. Hello, Hello, sir. How you doing? How are you? Well, good. We finally get to do this. Yeah, awesome. Brilliant, mate. I'm Perks. This is Hobo. Nice to meet you, sir. Facing the crowd podcast. (laughs) Hi, guys. You got a busy setup there. There's a lot of things going on there, mate. I meant to be a human centipede. (laughs) Oh, gosh. No one one wants that, mate. Oh, my God. I've seen that film. It haunted me. It's I'm, I'm, actually, I'm actually I'm actually referencing to the to the South Park episode where they did human sense iPad. Right. Oh, yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. Okay. That's yeah. actually even better than the movie, if you ask me. Oh <laughs> mate, that movie was, I watched that on my own, just in my house. I was just uh, like What were you doing bit, that watching that on your own? I don't know. I just just decided to watch something that I wouldn't normally watch. I don't like horror films. I mean, 
I know I've seen The Descent. That was horrible as well. You've seen that? The Descent? I've heard of it. I've never seen all it. The ca- they're all like a gang of all the cave, cave climbing. And there's those little creatures. Yeah, they're cave oh, yeah. climbing yeah. people. And apparently, like, years ago, in the story, loads of, like, cave rock climbers and that got trapped down in the cave and never come out and bred and then their eyes sealed over because they couldn't God. see and they just wow. and started to eat that. they started to eat the new cave people that were climbing down there oh decent descent all right i'm i'm looking for that tonight that's yeah like, it like, actually like it was good even though it's not i not i don't really just don't choose horror films even though i've i watched aliens you know number two when i was like 11 that's a fucking horror film my, my yeah. parents let me watch it that was a bloody 18 i was watching it on pirate vhs yeah it was it's a horror psych- film isn't it psych- I, don't, I, don't, I don't consider it a horror film because i consider it more no. action action science fiction I don't, I don't consider that a horror film at all i don't even consider the first alien horror film either i mean it definitely is perceived and comes off of one but it's a science fiction film yeah exactly yeah. science fiction yeah. science fiction thriller yeah like, yeah. A, like yeah, yeah. a horror film a true horror film to me I mean, you might, there's different, different genres. Like there's the slasher kind, there's the cerebral. The cerebral would be more like The Shining, more mm. like thought-provoking ones like that. Yeah, there's yeah. nothing horrible in that. It's just mentally fucking horrible. Exactly, yeah. It's the mental then, side of it, isn't it? And then, you know, then you have Halloween franchise, which is straight up, you know, that's, that's scary. Yeah. In, in its own right. Jumpy. It's weird because I, I, I love sci-fi. They're my favorite films. But I don't yeah, like too. horror, so, yeah. so I kind of dip into little scary sci-fi things, and that's about it. It's all right. <laughs> I don't like rom-coms, but, you know. No, exactly. I don't like rom-coms. <laughs> Jesus Christ, you have to literally beg me to watch that shit. Yeah, <laughs> probably, yeah. I'll have to probably edit this bit out. No. Yeah, Mrs. here, is it? Oh, yeah, that's true. Nah, she doesn't even try and make me watch them. <laughs> she just doesn't try. Yeah, so that means no dirty dancing for you. Oh, no. God, oh it's a classic. It, no, it's I have not. seen it. <laughs> it's a <Or> classic. <laughs> yeah. Never seen Ghost. Oh. Never seen Actually, oh. you know what? Ghost is really good. It's not, it's sort of rom com, but it's, it's, a, it's a good mystery. I think it's a great film. I, I watched it recently with my mom's, and my mom lives here now in LA, and we're looking for something to watch. And I, she passed away. I said, Oh, I want to see Ghost. We watched Ghost. I haven't watched it since it came out. Um, it's, it's great. It's really funny, actually. I mean, Whoopi Goldberg's amazing in it, I think. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I come from New York, so I <clears throat> totally feel the vibe of that film. You know what I mean? Mm, mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think I was speaking through the channels a few months back, and it was on. And it's just the effects when he's dead are just so bad. It's good. Do you know what I mean? It's <laughs> terrible, but it's brilliant. Nineteen ninety. I mean, nineteen eighties yeah. effects. I mean, yeah, he did good. I know yeah. what you mean there. Yeah. What's your favorite film of all time? Then. Oh, you got straight in there. <laughs> wow. I mean, oh. that's like that's that's really. Uh, well, it depends on what genre, what decade, you know, it's like, I, I, that goes the same for like, what's my favorite band or what favorite kind of music of all the time. It depends on the genre and decade and, you know, name a decade and a genre. I could tell you it's easier to narrow it down <clears throat> that way. All right. What's your favorite Christmas film and why is it Home Alone? <laughs> <laughs> it's a Christmas story because it's on every fucking year since 19... 19- 81 or 82 and I, I love that that's my nice. favorite christmas movie that is a great film so i'm really partial to um um the, the lampoon one with chevy chase i think that's oh, the that's, that's yeah. great vacation i have to watch that i mean we spoke about this before didn't yeah, we yeah, I have one to of the actually you know what there's there's three and now and there's a new obviously there's four i mean obviously home alone but also elf i love Elf. oh elf so good we i watched that two nights ago <laughs> get well, in the I'm mood we're going to be watching it for days on end pretty soon as we speak. Yeah. So 
Get ready. Oh, you have to, don't you? Yeah. My, oh, my, I've got a seven-year-old son, and he's all about that massive burp that he, that Will Ferrell does at the table, <laughs> and he makes me rewind it over and over. He just thinks it's the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> it is pretty. It is funny. I mean, Will Ferrell. I mean, you just look at him. He doesn't have to say a word, and you, you, you laugh. Oh yeah, yeah. he's uh, done some wicked films. He Amazing. did. Um, he did. Uh, do you remember Anchorman? Yeah. Yeah. yeah my, man. My Ron Burgundy. My yeah, brother-in-law so done, but he done part of the soundtrack, and um, really, yeah, yeah. Well, he's got he's he's in like a, a Latin jazz band in the UK. Oh, um, cool! Snowboy, Snowboy, his name is yeah. But there's a bit in the film where they're in the zoo, and this like this Latin song comes in. It's like him covering um, the new the theme from the New Avengers. But um, so yeah, next time you see it, you know who who did it. Oh, I'm gonna I'm definitely gonna listen out for that. That's you know, cool. I didn't even know that. Yeah, That's, yeah, that is breaking news to me yeah yeah he went to the like the no, pre-screen thing met mark so many times i did not know that <laughs> he went to like the pre-screen thing and he texts me he's like you gotta go and see this film i'd never even heard of will ferrell and i was like oh okay so i went and saw it and i was just like this is the greatest thing i've ever seen <laughs> it's just so then, then, then you back then you did a backtrack history on him and found out he's like the funniest motherfucker ever he's yeah. so good isn't he he's, he's amazing so dude i love him he's the yeah. best Oh, totally. totally. Roy, we yeah. saw that you had just been on Saturday Night Live. As no, the... uh, well, actually, right down the hall. Same, same floor, but down the hall, actually, was Seth Meyers. Seth Meyers, yeah, we don't have those. We don't have either of them shows, do we? Well, I suppose no. we could get them on the internet. But... Yeah, yeah. I know that's a big thing, though, isn't it? Those, those two yeah. shows are big in America. That's yeah, like... they're, they're pretty big. I mean, um, yeah, Seth Meyers comes on like 12, 1230 at night, every night, like, well, Monday through Thursday, and then obviously... Uh, Saturday Night Live comes on at 11. Um, but uh, yeah, I was on there about a week ago, a week and a half ago. I, I sat in for Fred Armisen, uh, the actor who normally who normally is the drummer for the AG band. That's the, the house band for Seth Meyers. Mm -hmm. And um, it, it's like a constant revolving door for drummers when Fred isn't there and he's off working doing, you know, whatever, Portlandia, whatever projects he's got going on. He usually leaves for, you know, an amount of time, like a certain amount of time. And then um, the producer, Eric Lederman, is, who's also a drummer, and uh, came up with the idea of just getting guest drummers to fill in for Fred and then kind of making a, you know, thing for each drummer, like whoever's coming through is like touring or promoting an album, you know, any drummer that he likes yeah. that he feels can fit with HE band, he'll get in to play. So it's like a, an honor for you to be yeah, honest. Yeah, fully. Of. It did fully seem like that. I could sort of tell it was like, yeah, this is an honorary thing. You'd be in I mean, it just that. happened to work out. Like, I've just, my, this is my third time doing it. And each time I've done it, I've always been promoting a record or touring. You know, like the first time I did it, I was, I was touring with Stone Sour. And we were just promoting uh, the Hydrograd record. And it worked out. Like at that time, I happened to be close to the area, like somewhere on just right after our tour, I just happened to be and close to New York. So I ended up doing the show. And then um, the following time after that was, I was, you know, when I was guesting for city again for hell. Yeah. Um, and they were promoting their new record and I got into that. And now with ministry, I played on their last record. So yeah, Brilliant. it worked yeah. out great. And uh, the, the you guys are awesome. Uh, Eli and uh, Seth and Sid Marnie are really cool people. A bunch of them actually are from from DC. Uh, it's, it's oddly enough, uh, Eli, the the main musical director, the, the guy, pretty pretty much you know is the, the captain of the whole thing. 
Um, he used to be in a band called uh, Girls Against Boys. I don't know if you guys ever heard of that. Yeah, I remember them. Yeah. DC post punk DC band, and uh, his brother, his older brother Eli's older brother, was part of another, you know, part of the DC hardcore scene in the early '80s. You know, around Minor Threat era and stuff like that. He was mm-hmm. in a band called The Untouchables, which was around the time Minor Threat was around. And later, he was in Rights of Spring with a, a couple other people who ended up being in Fugazi. So mm-hmm. Eli's tied into that whole crowd. That's oh. same with same with, uh, with with Sid and Seth. Um, it's pretty cool working with them. You know, it's great to play a different style of music than I'm normally used to playing. Like we can reference uh, cool little bands, like to to write like ten second parts. You know, walk ons and commercial breaks. Like he'll say, "Let's do this XTC part into the Cure part." Great, let's do that. So we mimic mm. those those styles. I'll, I'll come up with those drum beats. Like say with whatever Lowell Tallhurst was playing in a forest by the cure, I'll mix it with Steve Morris, what he played in new order off a movement album, you know, I'll do Mm. stuff like that. And they'll know what to do with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But they're great players. I mean, I mean, they love, they love that era of music and it's really cool to be able to like, you know, mix and match all that stuff and come up with some weirder stuff, you know? Yeah. Funnily a lot enough, of post punk stuff. Yeah, no, I was going to say. Funnily enough, I've just started reading Steve Morris's biography, autobiography. <laughs> I've been, yeah, yeah, I've been meaning to do that as well. He's, dude, I love that band. I love his drumming, like just all through Joy Division and the earlier parts of New Order. Like his drumming is so different and just so solid and on point. You know, I mean, mm. a lot of people seem to like not talk about him as much, but I think he's pretty important. Yeah, you know? yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And, you know, I'm only a few chapters in, but yeah, I can already recommend he's, it. You he's know. definitely a big influence on me in, in my earlier years as a kid, mm, discovering mm. them. I was like about 11 or 12. Got to, I discovered all that whole post-punk thing. But my yeah. brother is 10 years older than me. So he was really into that stuff at the time, like between 80, 82. So I was listening to like New Order, Killing Joke and all that stuff. Mm, that's mm. more where I come from. Yeah, sure. Like early Cure stuff like that, I'm assuming. Oh, love stuff. it. It's fantastic, yeah. isn't it? Especially yeah. the first three records. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. You had someone yeah. to pass all those, uh, you know, albums on and say, this is the one you've got to listen to. That's good, isn't it? But obviously the yeah. influence like right then, right, right then and there at the time, you know, like before they even were like top 40. I mean, I remember, I remember even trying to get my friends to listen to this. They thought I was a fucking strange kid like what the hell are you listening to this i'd rather listen to hall and oates and let's listen to Def leopard I'm like no listen to pornography <laughs> exactly that exactly <laughs> like that. no we don't want to listen to that why is that guy wearing makeup why is his hair all weird i'm like yeah <laughs> we, we noticed that you this is obviously big news that you're going to be doing the score for this studio 666 horror film is it a I've horror actually- film it's the, a horror film. It's a, it, it's a comedic horror film. Oh, that's going to be so good. It's really, look, I have to say, the Foo Fighters, they're fucking great actors. They're, fuck, they're funny as shit. Are they? Well, they, they, they do all their videos, don't they? And, and yeah, I mean, they, they, they totally kill it. And, you know, Rami, Dave, I mean, they, they steal it. Mm. They all yeah. steal it. it. It's great. The story's awesome. Can't give too much away. I mean, I'd no, say of course it's, not. It's, uh, it's great. I think everyone will be really really pleased really surprised with it yeah um, but the the score though i already i've already made it i've already done oh, it i've been actually sitting it. on this for several months now mm. I, I couldn't yeah. really say anything until they they you know you know flashed a green light so the score is already done it's already mixed it's already in the hands of um open road pictures and they're taking care of it right now 
It's just it's such a random thing to do, yeah. isn't it? Aren't it's they crazy. that trapped in a trapped in the studio recording, and it becomes like a, a haunted horror studio or something? Yeah, yeah. They, they, is they, that the vibe? They, they're, they're not trapped in the studio. I mean, right. they, like I said, I don't, I don't, I don't want to give too much away. Yeah, of, yeah. Of, I don't want to kill kill what they, whatever they're going to present, but it's. I'll just say, like, yeah, they they're recording. They're recorded in in a, in a home studio, and they rented a home, and then shit just goes wrong that's all i gotta say yeah yeah bad <laughs> but <laughs> the thing is that the funny thing is about it, the movie is definitely tongue-in-cheek very campy but the music is obviously really serious that's what they wanted so they wanted really serious music with this tongue-in-cheek humor on it mm. yeah you know so very orchestral very synthesizer hybrid and yeah we can't yes. even begin to imagine how you make a musical score for a film i mean can well, you just tell us anything about the, the what you how do you even begin that right? it's a different process man i mean everybody every composer is different everyone has a different way approach you know it's like with any instrument you know everyone plays their instrument and expresses differently on it with me i mean this is my second film i, I i've done but this is my first like real major feature film mm. um where i had to like basically learn how to do a bunch of other stuff than just, you know, compose. I had to figure out how, what the method was to, to engineer this and how to deliver, you know, the multi-tracks a certain way. You know, you can't, you just don't give them like a, a, a stereo track feed. You have to do like multiple stereo stems. Like I, I think I delivered like 60 tracks at the end of the day. Mm, right. Mm. Yes, yeah, so I suppose it's played, it's played in cinema and stuff, and, and on TV it's got different. They have to, they have to mix. Have to yeah, they they mix it through all Dolby capabilities. Atmos. Mm, yeah, right. yeah. Mixed through Dolby Atmos, so they really. Right. I gave them enough tracks where they can really throw like some violins here, some synthesizers there, some drums from the center. You know, so you're surrounded by by it. You know what I mean? Um, so it was like you know three sets of drums, three sets of percussion all two sets of, of pianos five sets of synthesizer violins violin effects brass like all separated so they can really you know get detailed yeah. into the mix mm. um but with how i started on this film like they gave me like one or two scenes in the beginning before it got locked meaning locked meaning like where it was like it was a done deal edit they gave me some earlier you know cuts just to get my feet wet with it and um i basically started from the center of the film and worked my way out so i what i'd like to do now after working on this film i like to go to the most intense part of that movie and start there and then yeah. work my way out and then slowly come up with some different like reoccurring themes for certain characters or places or things whatever and then kind of sandwich in together you know what i mean mm -hmm. that way i don't bottom out if i start in the beginning then where am I going to go after that? It's like, for me, it's like tuning a drum kit. I like starting with the biggest drum and worked my way to the, to the, to the smallest, you know what I mean? So I don't bottom out, meaning sure, right. I don't lose the heaviness. I don't lose the vibe. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a good plan, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. Nice, it's amazing. So, I mean, obviously it's very different to, um, to like, to, to drumming. I mean, is there one you prefer more than the other? No, it's I, I love them both for for different reasons. You know, I mean, I've been playing drums pretty much my whole entire life, and I've been into all this stuff for pretty much my whole life as well. So mm. it kind of goes hand in hand. You know, that's oh, amazing. Yeah. yeah. 
Can I ask you about False Fed, the um, the pro- side project you're doing with the Stig we had on here, which we adored that podcast with Stig. Yes, with top, Stig top and man. JJ and JP. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. I, JJ that's from, the, um, from Discharge. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So. That's coming along great, man. Like we're we just recorded like six or seven tracks. I'm just waiting on on uh, JJ and Stig to to give me the the final vocal track so I can start mixing it. And um, yeah, so they've they've it's got great. obviously they've got you so experienced with this they can because he was t- telling us that you're pinging it across across the pond stuff to each other and then so you're the man that's got to put it all together is that <laughs> nice. it's so weird like with this today's technology we can we could be a band virtually it's bizarre yeah that's what he's saying and when you hear the tracks together. When you when I have them all together, it sounds like we actually all recorded here, like mm. together in one room. Um, and I purposely kept it in a way where it doesn't sound so, you know, gridded. Which most people like to like play to a click track. They grid everything. When I mean they grid everything, they quantize all the beats. They correct the pitch and this and that. I didn't do any of that. I mean, I treat Pro Tools like a tape machine. Yeah, like I've always have. And don't do the Pro Tools trickery or add drum samples or any of that shit. I keep it really raw and natural as best I can. And with the the drum sound that I get here, I mean, I'm really happy with the drum sound I get in here in this room. It's nice and punchy and raw and to the point. And those guys basically play around what I'm doing. And it's just, it just comes off like we did it live in this room. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. amazing i love the way it sounds it's sounding really good yeah well we look forward to that and obviously if, yeah if you're recording it raw i mean that's if you ever do get to do a gig eventually that's what it's going to sound like isn't it it's exactly so it's going to sound how you heard it on record if not even more even more aggressive more punchier and just more expressive you know so yeah. no no funniness <laughs> no funny trickery any of that stuff i might add a little bit of this to it in the background but that's about it you know nice. <laughs> very, very, you know, simple, you know, not doing full on like arpeggios and, you know, just more <laughs> drones and weird stuff. Kind of like more along the lines of what I added in the in Amoebics stuff I was involved in. Yeah. Maybe, maybe even more, even less than that, you know. Yeah, well, we, we said that on, on the Stick podcast, how well that album came out. It's really good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's great. That, was a heavy, that was a heavy record to make, man. It really was. Was it? Know. Yeah. I mean, it took a few years to make that one. Well, also because at the time I was, I was, uh, I was touring a lot with Stone Sour. So every time in between, I would, uh, we would somehow get together. I would fly out there and we'd set up shop, you know, in different places, you know. Um, obviously, I don't know if Stig told you, but we started recording it in um, Northern Ireland in this, uh, in this uh, old, horse farmhouse converted farmhouse into like a, into a, into a home and we recorded at this guy's place who was uh managing the band at the time it was in like in antrum in the breen forest yeah I don't think uh, close heard. close to bally close to bally castle right and that was my first experience with this band it was pretty intense it was pretty awesome um and then the second place we recorded after that I think about another year after that, we did like six more, five more songs. We did like a bunch of songs at a time. Um, recorded in Derbyshire, 
somewhere oh, yeah. in the middle, somewhere in the middle, yeah. somewhere there uh, at, a, at <clears throat> one of Rob's uh, old friend's uncle's house. He lived in a 700 year old stone cottage and we set up in there. So it was very like Headley Grange, yeah. like Zeppelin style recording, which I, I loved it. It was awesome. Um, so I got some really good vibes from that room. Yeah. That room sounded amazing. Like half, like, like in the middle of the record, you, you hear the drum tones is a little bit different, but that room had a really big presence to it. Mm. Um, and then the rest of the record, we, we did it at, uh, at this, uh, studio in Northampton called the lodge, which I don't think is there anymore. Right. And we stayed and lived there for like a week and a half. And yeah. And that was it. Right, so you had the full experience with hanging out with Amoebics and recording it and getting that to know great. them and yeah. Northern Ireland, Derby. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's all. And then you did the gigs. They came to America, didn't they? And you did yeah. some live well, we did the gigs. We did the gigs first, and then we did the record. Oh, was that how it went? Well, actually, I did go, actually. No, in the beginning, I came, I came over to, to Scotland first, and then we went to Ireland, and we recorded the winter uh, Redux uh, EP. And originally, that was just supposed to be just for video footage for a video documentary they were making. That's why they had had me come over to play drums, because I think at the time, well, still, it's still a thing. Spider, the original drummer, wasn't up for it because he had really bad tinnitus, and he's like, "I'm not fucking playing drums." And um, a mutual friend of Rob and I got us together, and uh, that's how that happened. So. After we recorded those those songs, those earlier Amoebic songs for the video live, um, Stig and Rob were like, you know what? This is a little bit too cool to just let it go like this. Why don't we keep going with this? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then the, the, the wheels kept turning and we came up with the first um, few songs that you hear on Sonic Mass that we recorded there, which was Days and I think God of the Grain might have been recorded. No, it was Days and visitation was recorded there right and one other actually it might have been just days and visitation that's it the rest of them were recorded at at the cottage amazing and yeah. the last couple at, at the lodge obviously you must have been into them back in the day and it's like kind of I've like been a, in, i've been into them uh, probably since i was about 14 i mean the first time right, i ever yeah. heard i ever heard them was uh i was at a local record shop you know going for records and stuff like that. I remember I was, I was buying like this part or whatever, you know, back then, as you do when you're 14 in 1984. <laughs> um, the, the guy, the guy over the counter is like, Oh, you like all this stuff, huh? And so you like all this black and white English punk stuff. I'm like, you need black. Like, all the covers you're buying, they're all in black and white crass conflict. What is this? You know, you probably like this band. So he pulls out Amoebics and it was the beginning of the end. Uh, and winter seven inch. I was like, who's this? He's like the Amoebics. I'm like, Who's Amoebics? It's like, buy it. You'll like it. And I did. <laughs> buy it. And, that, <laughs> and then um, following after that, you know, Rise came out, Monolith, and I, I, I bought all of them. I thought they were the most, most sickest sounding band at that time. You know, like I never heard a band mix punk and metal and Killing Joke at the same time. You know, it had that vibe to me. So I, mm. I, I loved it. And um, yeah. Got to play with them and do an album with them. Got to play They're with them and do an special. album with them. I've never thought in a million years that would ever happen. Yeah. You know? I mean, the band I was in after that, a band called Nausea, we were all Amoebics fans. We were all fans of all that stuff, anti-sect and conflict and, 
you know, crass, crucifix, all that shit. And then, uh, yeah. And then 20 some years later, I ended up playing with Amoebics. It, it, was, it was a great full <laughs> circle for me, you know, to play in a band like that from that scene, you know, and yeah. made really good, really good lifelong friends, you know. It's amazing, like the way like it goes around like that, isn't it? You know, mm. I mean, that's that's a great story. Yeah, it's it's awesome. really cool. It's really and cool. you and we, and we and we and we got on we got on really well, man. It's like they took me in as their brother, and it was it was really really great vibe, you know, with us three. Solid. And how long did Nausea last? You was in that, and obviously in the New York scene. Um, yeah, you had a female vocalist at the start, didn't you? And then Amy. Yeah. 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 Um, I joined in like 89. They've been around since like 86 and they had a couple different drummers before me, but I'm the only drummer that they actually made records with. So I joined in 89. I did the first album with them and, and then the last couple of seven inches and that was it. We lasted till about like 92. Wait, yeah. I mean, that was, did, a, they... did a couple, did a couple of European tours. We did one West coast tour, did a bunch of like, weekend stuff on, on on the east coast but we didn't really get to tour a lot you know what i mean but yeah we're just starting played. to we were just starting to get the to get the momentum going but then it just just kind of fell apart you know mm. you actually came over to europe in the 80s and played that must have been no 1990 oh, nine, first time 1990 my yeah. first time ever in europe or any for any of us we, we yeah. europe was still europe you know it was separate currency and you know borders <laughs> it was a different place man my god you know? that must have been quite an experience it was great man where did, saw... you, where did you get to back then with, with nausea where did you um well we we started flew into uh into holland started in amsterdam good place to start mate <laughs> yeah i'll say we, we we started our first three days there just to acclimate and then we played all the squats all over Europe, like, you know, the WNC squat in Groningen. I don't know if it's still there anymore. Uh, the Frankites in, in Amsterdam. Um, played uh, Sturdebaker in Hamburg. That's still there. I actually wa walked through there recently when I was in Europe just to pass by and see it, touch it, and give it a pat and say, <laughs> nice to see you. <laughs> uh, that's where I, that's where I first you know saw you know got to know Europe was through these places you know what I mean it was a big deal for me you know to see and meet all these people from different countries speaking different language and seeing signs in different languages it was trippy man I was like man am I really here it's just bizarre you know <laughs> um, played in Berlin and, hmm. and all where, where else there's a couple of parts in Germany like Potsdam and Leipzig yeah Warsaw Poland. Auschwitz, great. Lodz, um, Czech Republic. I mean, we went around. Italy, Switzerland, Bern, Switzerland. We played some squat in Bern. I can't remember the name of it. Um, Yugoslavia. Erliska Britstitsa. I even remember the freaking city, man. <laughs> um, we haven't been there's to a, a squat There's a big squat commune in, in Erliska Britstitsa. It's, it's amazing man it's pretty cool little like compound um played that one famous squat in in, in uh, milan italy called leon cavallo i don't know yeah. if it's still there we've heard Maybe it's still this there. um yeah that's about as far as we got oh yeah in denmark and norway sweden yeah we didn't go any further than that 
there's a lot of ground to be covered, you know, a lot of ground to cover at that time. <laughs> yeah, wow. Brilliant. I'll never, I'll never forget it. We've got, a, we want to move on to Soulfly and the first, so I know you did three albums of Soulfly, didn't you? The first three? Is that right? I only did two. Oh, you did two. I did right. the first album and the third album. Oh, the first and the third, yeah. Um, right. The first, I said I was going to say this to him, didn't I? <laughs> the first the first <laughs> album, you came over and you did a gig at the Astoria with, supported by Limp Biscuit. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was there. It was <laughs> brilliant. That's a great show. <laughs> no, Actually, I had to get to talk to you about awesome. it. I, yeah. I, I, love, I love that show. I, I, I love playing that place. I was very very fortunate to have played Astoria a bunch yeah. of times with Soulfly and Stone Sour. And actually the last time I got to play Astoria is with, with Stone Sour. I think that was in oh, 2007, 2008, because then it closed after that. Yeah, yeah they was, ripped it down. It was, yeah, I'm just glad I saw so many bands there. Yeah. I just loved that video. It was quite, I mean, you know, everyone like always used to bang on about like Brixton Academy and stuff, but... I really preferred oh, the story. I thought it was a better. Hey, look, man, as a as a as an as a, a foreigner, an American coming into into your country to play these places, I, they're all great to me. You know, mm. it's like I I got to play all of them mm. except there's one place I always wanted to play, and that's the Hundred Club. No, uh, everyone, yeah, a lot of people. And you know why that, yeah. I want to play the Hundred Club? <laughs> it's like. That, that's like your CBGBs, yeah, in a way. Yeah, you go in that there, there's like pictures of Metallica, and there like is everyone there's, just there's on the that, that have played there. It's crazy, dude. My, my Adam, uncle and his Adam birthday, and the aunts, Susie and the Banshees, everybody, yeah, you know? yeah, Susie, yeah. My uncle had his yeah. birthday in there, didn't yeah, he? he? Did, yeah, he hired it out. His <laughs> uncle hired out, well, hired the place. My, out. my wife's uncle hired it out because he, he just. I don't know, it's mad, but he had he, all his friends there and all his jazz friends, and they all performed on the stage in there. And yeah, it was amazing. We hadn't been in there, had we? Were no, you, I, had you been in there? No, I'd never been. And we were just like, yeah, there's all these jazz people, and we're looking on the walls. It's like black and white pictures of Metallica in '84. We're like, <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> you know what I mean, we're just looking but at that of them playing there or hanging out there, playing there, playing yeah, there, yeah, playing wow. there. Yeah, that would have been great to see. Holy shit, yeah, that, yeah. I didn't think they would have played there. I thought they would have just went right for the academy or. Or you know Hammersmith at that point. Yeah, when no. you find I got to play there. there too. Hammersmith was great too. It wasn't yeah. called Hammersmith. It was I called. What's it called now? Is it Hammersmith? Apollo? Is it the O2 something? Or the or event something? Time? Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's yeah. it. I yeah. still call it Hammersmith. I don't care. Yeah, of course. Hammersmith <laughs> Apollo, isn't it? We all know it's Hammersmith. Yeah, of Apollo, course. Yeah, sorry. I mean that's what I know it as. <laughs> yeah, someone corrected me on that. I'm like, I go, no, dude, it's Hammersmith. Like, no sleep till. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just gonna Let me go enjoy back. this. <laughs> quickly go back to that gig where I saw you with Limp Biscuit. Okay, sorry. <laughs> so, I, know, so was, I know, I know, I know. No, so that was on obviously Soulfly. The, the album was fresh. You guys come out Limp Biscuit. We had me and my pals had three. Was it three dollar bills? The first album. Yeah. So yeah. they were on that, and we was like, "Oh my god, Soulfly and Limp Biscuit together! This is yeah, the Astoria. It's gonna be." And it just was amazing, mate. You. Soulfly absolutely had it. You had it. Limp Biscuit had it. Was, it. it was it was a great time, man. It was a good time. How <laughs> it's only about how fifteen we all got quid. Together. How much? About fifteen quid, something like that. That's all it was. Yeah. Oh, tickets were so cheap. Back Maybe then. not even fifteen quid. I've, <laughs> yeah. I've got the tickets still. Yeah, it's got crazy. Ticket, yeah, I said yeah. I think I have a I think I have the poster from that still somewhere. <clears throat> I have a bunch of posters from back then. I need to frame up. Oh mate, you need Those to put that poster on. Put that poster on your Insta. For me, please. good to keep, aren't they? <laughs> nice, nice little reminder. Uh, there's somewhere I've missed. I do. I have so many posters from so many tours. I, I got. I got to go through them. I got tons of them. 
So we we always ask these two questions, and we we need to ask you what was the first ever gig you saw, ever live band you saw. If you if you can remember, we put him straight on the spot. First ever live band, not like school yeah. bands or whatever. Like your first like first, you band. bought a ticket and went, and it was whoever. Hmm, that's a good question. What was my first show? I mean, I was going to say New Zoo Review was a kids show when I was like four years old. I saw that live. <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, what was my first show? Take your time. We'll go to a commercial break that we okay. don't, that we don't, that we <laughs> don't have. <laughs> All right. I have a really, really, I just remembered this. I have a really obscure band I don't think anyone out there has ever heard of, but this was my first band. It was a band called The Comatines. Comatines. They are good. from New York. That's a good name. They are from New York. Three piece, two brothers and a girl, bass player, drum machine, guitar player, girls on an art odyssey, just like that one. And I was with my brother. My brother was going, I think he was, uh, his friend was going to this uh, community college. And um, this is when we were actually living in Pennsylvania. Uh, it was at a college called uh, uh, Northampton Community College, NACAC. And they would have shows, you know, every other weekend there during the summertime or something like that. And he wanted to go see this and I wanted to go with him. So he took me to that and I went to see that. So they were kind of like, you know, sort of like a New York no wave post punk kind of band. So that was the mm. first kind of show I've seen. Cool. Yeah. And after that, you know, game on. I went and saw hardcore and punk shows after that on my own. Yeah. Yeah, Coma teens, yeah, they're great. Are they're they really Apple good. Music or no? <laughs> Maybe they might be. They might be on Apple Music, like them and like the Bush Tetras. Like that was like the the New York scene, like between eighty eighty one. Those some of the bands around that time. Mm. Yeah, all right. They kind and of fit in that. Yeah, that's cool. And then we need to ask you, what was the first gig you played with a band? The first gig I played, I can't remember where the first gig was I played. Um, I know the year. It was 1985. I was in a band called Youthquake. Youthquake. Another good band. And we were totally fast, melodic punk, more like a seven seconds kind of style, I would say. More like that. You know, like mid-80s style hardcore punk. For You know, always like... Asked. Yeah. Um, I think that was at, I think we I think that was at uh the first show I ever played in front of people like that. It might have been at a place called West Caddy Playground. That was in right. Pennsylvania as well. Because cool. there was a time where I didn't live in New York. I lived in Pennsylvania yeah. for a while growing up. My parents got divorced, we ended up there because we just couldn't live afford to live in New York. By the time I got old enough, I moved back to New York on my own and stayed there until I moved here in LA. But Back to that. I think, yeah, my first show was neither at West Caddy Playground or, or Caddyshack. No, it was at Caddyshack in Catasauga, Pennsylvania. Name. <laughs> opening, up, <laughs> opening up for uh, a band called Naked Ray Gun. Naked Ray Gun. Wow. Yeah. Naked Ray they were, Gun. They were, uh, they were on Homestead Records. They were from Chicago. Uh, came out in mid 80s. They're a great, really awesome punk hardcore band. Everyone should check out. Right. Oh, we they have an album called Throb Throb, which was the album they had out at the time when we opened up for them. There are two records that I know of. I think they have more after that, but Throb Throb and their second album, All Rise, great records. And they kind of fit along in that 
genre and that sound of like rights of spring fagazi but they're not as they're not like that it's different it's good mm, right. mm. great stuff oh i love fagazi i mean yeah that's the second yeah, time you mentioned them and they're just that's phenomenal band and they if i've seen them they're great you know five dollars <laughs> at the roseland it was amazing God, five dollars <laughs> yeah. what do you think what yeah. do you think about um sugar bob mold i like it more now yeah yeah fair enough yeah, yeah. just i was a, i was a big husker do fan you know yeah what I mean? of course yeah and sugar actually is great it really mm. is i wasn't yeah. you know i was i wanted to hear more husker do you know yeah but yeah yeah I, I never i never never wrote off sugar i just wasn't as into it as i was say husker do but yeah. now i think they're great yeah, yeah, his solo stuff's pretty cool as well, isn't it? I don't, I, don't know, awesome. I don't know why I went there. I was just, I was just listening to him earlier on, and I was like, "Well, <laughs> I think you went there because because of the year I mentioned, and probably because I mentioned Naked Raygun." Because it's funny you mentioned Husker Du or Sugar or Bob Mold because that was definitely around in the background while that was going on with me. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, I so, can yeah. imagine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So you you drummed on the last two Ministry albums, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Let's just get that correct. I listened yeah. to the new one the other night, actually, and it it tells you. I know it just sounds a bit lame, but it does tell you on Apple all the themes for each song, doesn't it? It gives you like a. It does. It comes up and it tells you exactly what the song's about and all that. I'm like, That's cool. This I, is I didn't know that. Impressive. Like this is really <laughs> impressive. It was like I'm listening to the new album, and each track's like, oh, this one's about all the anti-vaxxers that don't believe in the vaccines and. I think there was two tracks about that. Mm. Yeah, this believe me. This one's about all the Trump um, fans, the Trump supporters and all that. And, you know, it tells you exactly what the album's about, which we didn't get back in the day. We had to figure it out. No, that's we? right. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's a good album. It's a good album. It's good Thank album. you. But the main question is, you're in Stone Sour. That's your, that's your band, yeah? That's yeah. Your, yeah. your main Not my band, band but it's our band <laughs> yeah that's your yeah stone yeah. sour is you know your band and you know where you are with that and that's a combined effort with you guys that when you walk in to say join up with ministry do you do you you do you ask you look at the lyrics do you, do you like look at the vibe of what the album's going to be before you drum or do you i don't hear i don't see any of that or hear any of that only thing right. i get from al is like an idea like two-part idea three-part idea and a click track and then i just play drums to that and then he'll take that and he'll piece it together and, and then i hear all that after the fact mm, i just go right. with the vibe of what the music is doing and then i play to the music in yeah. fact the only song that i play drums on on that record is the first song alert level because everything else is programmed after that mm. um because I, I mean i wasn't involved in that though i did play on a bunch of other songs he he's given me, but he, I guess he decided just to like do other stuff. You know what I mean? But the next thing we're going to work on, I'll, I'll probably be a little bit more involved, but Al is like the, he's the, he's the mastermind behind all this stuff. You know, he, he's the one that pieces it all together. He arranges it all. And like I said, he gives me two or three parts of, you know, sketches and I'll, I'll play drums to that and he'll, does what he he does does whatever he wants to it after that i give him right a 16 you know track multi-track of my drums and then he does whatever he wants with it 
Yeah, mm. it just, mm. I was just interested because obviously when you're doing your collective thing with Stone Sour, you all know what you're doing. So you've got to make that album together. You've got to make it happen. Yeah. And you, you step into another band. and It's a different, it's yeah, different situation. It's, I wonder you know? how I mean, And plus, I'm not really, I mean, I'm more, you know, a hired, you know, session guy for him. But I'm also his guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like I, I work for him. You know, I play. We play with each, play for each other. But I work for him. You know, mm, he's yeah. the boss. He the wants it a certain way. I'll really play it a certain band. way. Oh, I'll just give him my ideas, my objectives. Most of the time, he just goes with whatever I give him, and then he'll, you know, piece it together how he wants it. And he makes his there. album with it. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I don't. I don't. I'm not involved in any of the process when he's when he has it. So when I'm done, he does what he does. You know. But I think on the next record that he's going to start with, I think him and I are going to collaborate a little more. Oh, that's pretty cool. Mm. Mm. And you, you've been on tour with them, haven't you? Have you done some gigs now with them since COVID? Yeah, I actually did right. a tour with them. I mean, I've been there on and off, guys, since 2016. I, I toured with them um, like August, September, something like that, of, of 16. And we did, I did a whole European tour with them and then did some American shows with them. Um and then I ended up going back to Stone Sour because we're, you know, recording a new record. And then now that I'm off, I'm back, back with them now. Mm. I'll probably be with them until, you know, I get back to Stone Sour, which I don't know when that's going to be. Yeah, so. yeah. sure, yeah. sure. Yeah. You, you, like you say, they, so the ministry are going to be doing another album and you're going to be more involved in it and yeah. work t- together with Al to yeah. piece that together. Yeah. What's what's he like to tour with? Must be quite interesting. Must have some stories. Yeah, I do. He he's wants, funny man. He wants our stories. No, he said that before a, we come on. Uh, I, I don't. I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't kiss and tell. No. Um, <laughs> no. He's 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 a great dude. He's really fun to hang with, and uh, yeah, he's very unpredictable. He's great. I love him. He's awesome. <laughs> yeah, he's Uncle Al. Uncle Al. <laughs> I like that. I, I yeah. saw I saw Ministry at his story. Actually, that was back in the day. I've got the ticket for that. Was which which album did you see him with? That would have been on Self Big. Wow, that's is a great that, album. It was. Yeah, it is, it is. That's one of my favorites. Yeah, it's definitely Filth Pig. It's because I, I got in. You playing with that volume thing? Sorry, yeah, I'm just trying to make you a little bit. <laughs> I'm like, hey, whoa! <laughs> Stop touching the don't, knobs, don't, man. Just hey, don't touch. Hey, hey. Get your finger off the knob, all right? Get it off of there. <laughs> yeah. You've got loads of knobs in there. Look at that. Look at that thing. Yeah. <laughs> we've only got, we've only got two knobs. <laughs> it's as easy as simple I got, as I got, I got, two, I got plenty over here, yeah. <laughs> two knobs. We're halfway through the podcast and we can't even get it right. Yeah, and that was on Filth Pig. I got into him on Psalm 69. And that album. It's a good record, too. I just heard that and it was just like blown to pieces yeah. by that album oh god yeah yeah, yeah he's, I mean, he's, a, he's, a, he's a great to dude. finish it was just unbelievable but i was getting like, i was into like, getting into nights now as a ministry at the same time so it was like mind-blowingly good mm. and then yeah, we saw him at the historia and also saw him at download festival and he was on in daylight I was I was playing on daylight download. Yeah, yeah. You must have played. But he still ruled it. He still now, ruled yeah. it. Yeah, I yeah. played. Yeah, I played download a bunch of times where it was called downpour. It was like tons of rain. Yeah, <laughs> it always <laughs> rains. It always always does. You 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 sunshine for Al. 
<laughs> you got to wear your wellies walking through that crowd. Oh, mate. You see, you see tents just like literally going down the middle of the path like a boat. And you think <laughs> everyone yeah. stuffs in there. It's just Ooh. horrific, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's probably it not fun. like that backstage, though, right? It must be, must be much nicer experience it's still muddy but nicer yeah yeah i don't know <laughs> when kid rock got to download one year he was on the bill and he went this this backstage facilities for my band and my crew is utter shit i'm going home <laughs> he didn't even play oh, it's kid rock though, isn't it? <laughs> that was that <laughs> was with hey, you know what? it's his year. loss he missed out because exactly. was, download download is definitely an it's an honor to play that I mean, that's yeah. huge, you know, to get to play that. And I was lucky enough to play that a, a bunch of times. I think I played it three times, four times. Mm. That's, man, never, yeah. never, I never, ever thought I'd be playing something like that. Incredible. Let alone, I never four thought times. I'd ever be playing this yeah. long and have this kind of a career where I can be doing this. You know, I had never thought that. Mm. Mm. I mean, the first time I ever played anything remotely like that, a, a big festival like that was a dynamo festival in 96 oh, when i joined i joined a, a band called shelter another new york hardcore punk new york hardcore band from um, from new york um yeah, my mate's they, they um they were they had their album uh, mantra was out on roadrunner and um i was their their drummer for a few months they filling in before me i think it was mackie from chromags he's the one that turn me on to them to play with them because he was just joining fun loving criminals you remember them yeah yeah yeah, yeah. we saw yeah. them we in saw our them we saw them in our park they? near our house when? yeah when yeah. two years ago yeah uh, i don't know just if mackie's still playing with summer them, before he, covid mm. oh wow yeah they actually put a little festival in in this park near us yeah <laughs> fun loving yeah. criminals came it was like this is so good you know we all used to it's work together we all used to work together at a club in new york called limelight Years ago. That's really? how we all know each other. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. A long ass time ago. A lifetime he, ago. Huey's just so cool though. He? Just... I love Huey. <laughs> Huey's the best. I haven't spoken to him in years. I mean, last thing, I think last time I saw him, I saw them was at uh, what's that Big Day Out Festival in Australia when I was there with Soulfly. We all played on the same bill together. That was the last time I ever seen him. That was like over 20 years ago. Wow. Yeah. It's crazy how quick time goes as well, isn't it? You know, I, dude. I mean, yesterday. Now, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was thirty. Now I'm fifty-one years old. How the fuck did that happen? You know, Soulfly God, album's you twenty years it. old. No, yeah, I'm fifty-one. Fuck. When you saw don't when I was that. when you saw me with Soulfly, I was twenty-eight years old. Good God, I was, I was in ninety-eight. Yeah. Good Lord. Shit. That's crazy. Yeah, my first my twenty first birthday was celebrated in Europe actually on the nausea tour on a on a boat from Denmark to uh to uh Norway getting fucking wasted. <laughs> <laughs> well you're never gonna forget it, oh yeah. That's the thing. No. Really. What a memory to have. It was the best. Oh my god. Stupidly trying to figure out how old I was then when that sulfur <laughs> gig, but I think I was twenty one. Well yeah, twenty one, yeah, that's probably <laughs> about right, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, you've yeah. got a couple of years on me, haven't you? Good yeah. times, man. <laughs> so good. Um, we're all blessed, man, to be in a time or to see and experience cool things like that. Totally, totally. You know, I mean, this. I, I do. You know, a lot of people say there's no good music around today, and I, I do. Is, I disagree with that greatly. I do, but I do too. Time, there's man. a lot of good stuff out there. 
Yeah, there is 100%. Um, but at the same time, I, sometimes I think to myself, like, when when's the next band going to come along that's literally going to change the world, you know? Because the last time, is it just because of my age? Does that does that happen anymore? Because the last thing for me was Nirvana that completely changed the face of music. I agree with you 100%. That is the last band to change the face of music. Why 100%. doesn't that happen anymore? Is it you well, know, just because of the music industry? That and I think just technology is just taking away the, the, the mystery and the fun of creating. Mm. you know i mean I've, I've learned over the years i think we're all learning over the years how to embrace it and utilize it with our old knowledge and mix it with the new new way you know what i mean but i think having access to everything like whether it's materials or software or whatever it takes away from the the i think it takes away from the the angst and the and the and the, and the desperation to create you know what i mean and make it and make and create something and express yeah. it a certain way. That's yeah, what I totally. think. I mean, I don't know if I'm, if I'm, if I'm wording it correctly, but that's what I feel. Yeah. But like back then, so like you're in the studio, you've got to be so well rehearsed, right? Because you're recording to tape. And if anything yeah. goes wrong or you play a, a bum note, it's not so easy again. to fix. Yeah, exactly. So, or you just punch it in. But I mean, these days people like, they just, uh, you know, they just play to a grid and that's it. Mm. Not everybody, but I mean, I would say about, I would say 80% of musicians do, you know what I mean? These days, yeah. I still like to, to do a solid take. I always do. Yeah. I'll do as many takes as I feel from me in my heart that it's solid from beginning to end with mm. maybe one minor punch in in the middle. That's it. Yeah. And that's exactly yeah. how we recorded the last Stone Sour record. We recorded everything live in the studio together. Mm. We didn't even have a click track. I mean, I had a click in the beginning to count me in. So I got the tempo, so I keep the consistency going there, mm. but then I would have it out right at, right at, after eight counts, you know, yeah. and then just take, take the band. So I would do three or four takes, and then we'd stick with one layer on top of that. Yeah, but I mean, that's the way it should be done, really, isn't it? That's I mean, how it's always been big. done. It was good enough for Sabbath. It's good enough for everybody else, right? right? And playing exactly. together in a room, you get that vibe, you get that feel. Right, um, and I haven't actually, and what I just explained to you now, I haven't done that. The last time I've done that, other than this Stone Sour record, this last one, the last time I did this was the first Soulfly record. Right. Which I had on in the car on the way over here. <laughs> that's all, dude, it was, that's all live. That's all live. 100%. And you know, a lot of it, a lot of it, a lot of it was a lot of those weird jams you hear in between the songs, like the, in the middle of Tribe, in the middle of Fire, that was all right done there, then and there. That really? was not, was not rehearsed because we, came up with some of those songs like in, in like rehearsal prior to that, but a lot of that we wrote and, you know, put together right there in the room. That's amazing. You just get in the room with Max Cavalera and just, just, just go, well, right, I mean, we, let's we write some tracks. No, we, we played together. I mean, explain, let me explain to you the process of yeah, how, go for it. From what I remember. Um, when I first got together with Max, it was like maybe four or five months before all that. It was like in March or May. It was just him and I. I flew out to Phoenix, and um, yeah, we jammed a bunch of Sepultura songs and some covers, and just to kind of get to know each other musically. And he mm. had three. He had like two two songs that he wrote. Like it was "I for an Eye" and "No." Those are the two that I learned that he sent me. It was just a drum machine, really stripped down drum drum machine programming and guitar and vocals from a four track. So then we worked on those. We didn't even have a bass player, nothing. I didn't have my own drums. I, I borrowed whatever drum kit was there from whatever band loaned us 
their rehearsal room to practice in. And it was just him and I for like a, like a few days a week. And then I went back home. Then I came back and he had a bass player. And then there was three of us, it was me and Marcelo and him. We started building together there. He had an A-track machine and I, him and I went out to like a guitar center and I told him what to get so we can record. You know, we got like an Allen and Heath board, bought a bunch of mics. So I basically engineered all of our demos mm. to get it going, you know, mixed it and all that. And we had like a, a, a handful of tunes that, that were kind of loose. They weren't really tightened up yet. And then we got Ross Robinson involved and then he tightened it all up for us and then retightened it even more once we got into Indigo Ranch, you know, they developed more and more. Yeah. You know, it's such a rehearsed, it was rehearsed to a degree, but we went yeah. to, went for it you know you can you can hear it on the album like i said I just listen to it you know obviously back in the day i listened to it to death but <laughs> you can hear how how fast and and brutal and and like you, you fucking meant it on the album <laughs> every single member really meant it like you say oh. Oh, eye for an eye the opening track you're we absolutely meant having it on that <laughs> oh <laughs> fuck Sorry, yeah <laughs> Yeah, we're, yeah. we're totally, totally uh, having it. And, and, yeah. and plus, uh, Ross, I mean, he really drove us to that as well. Like, he would just be so animated in the studio where he would just pull these things out of you and make you perform a certain way. He'd make you react, like, you know, throw chairs across the room and just, ah, just go nuts in the studio. And you feel it. And you're, he's with you in the room and you just react to his winds you up. movements. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So, what, that's what you're hearing. Exactly. And it was great, you know. Was, excuse a, my ignorance, great... but excuse my ignorance. Have you recorded with him again on anything? I mean, I've no, no unfortunately not. I, I I wish. I mean, there was there, unfortunately there hasn't been any projects I've been involved in after the fact with him involved. I would love to work with him again. He was great to work with. You know, okay. like I said, I always tell this about him. He really brought out the best in all of us. He brought that out the best in me. He's taught me how to really dig deep into the emotion. I mean, I really dug deep into my emotions as a player, but he really showed me how and just without telling me, just showed me. And I took whatever he taught me then to now, always with everything I do, even more so. So big respect. Mm. Yeah. I respect him big time for that. And, and Max, you know, Max, yeah. same thing. You know, he really brought out the best of me as a player. It was really great playing with them, you know. Mm. Um, some of the Max and some of the albums he's done, absolutely brilliant, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm so fortunate to have seen Sepultura at Brixton Academy. And obviously I do talk about gigs on here because we kind of, this is kind of the basis of our podcast. <laughs> I know, we're com completely off topic with everything. Sorry, guys. No, no. It ruins your sorry. format. No, not in <laughs> Very funny. No, yeah, Sepultura at Brixton, Sepultura at Donington. Um, wow, you're so, at the Donington so, show. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, but I, I'm not allowed to talk about because I spoke about it too much. That's legendary. <laughs> was Donington '94? <laughs> he does talk about Donington '94. I quite do. A lot. I can't stop. I'm, no, I'm not talking about it. And um, that's that's amazing. You were there, man. Yeah. That's a, there's a that's a great bill, the, man. The last show they ever did at Brixton Academy, as when they were together, you know, yeah. with Max. I was, at I was at Donington the year Max didn't show up, but obviously because that whole nightmare happened for them. Yeah. Um, that Horrible. one as well. Um, the Soulfly show. I saw Cavalier Conspiracy at Download, him and his brother. 
Again, yeah. they're brilliant. That's a good album. Yeah. Just giving respect to Max there from nowhere. <laughs> As, hey, man, why not? So Respect. Always, always respect, man. Let's talk about... Both, res- um, both, both the brothers. Igor actually lives in London. Does he? Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, no, I didn't yeah. know that. Oh. And, and so mature. As they went on, Andre and all that. I mean, against the album. Yeah, great, some good it? stuff there. Yeah. Um, so what about working with Corey Taylor and how, how does that work? I mean, we're really like asking you to tell us how every process goes. <laughs> but when you, I mean, Corey just constantly churns out good music, doesn't he? And good lyrics and all the Slipknot stuff. It's never shit, is it? It's always good. Yeah. That guy and, never and, stops. And, He's and the Stone Tower stuff's amazing. always good. So how does he constantly come up with... We're actually asking the proper Corey Taylor question. How does he keep coming up with... Well, the bands do, don't they? It's not just it. Yeah, 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 I know. But he's writing a lot of the lyrics, isn't he? And we're just going to big him up a bit, right, Hobo? <laughs> how does he constantly come up with these albums and these these songs and he's never does anything shit does it even if he's solo now solo album's good as well isn't it mm. i mean hey Corey, you, you want to you want to come over here and yeah. answer this no just kidding that's <laughs> a Corey taylor question yeah no i mean <laughs> i don't know look i i only he knows his process i only see him do it from afar um all i could say about Corey is that he never stops. He's he, he's constantly working. His wheels are constantly turning. He's like he's constant, you know. <laughs> it, 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 it amazes me like how the energy he has to do all this stuff. For he's not touring with us. He's with Slipknot. He's not with Slipknot. He's doing a solo band. He's not doing a solo band. He's working on on books. It's like man, it's incredible, you know. Guy's written three books already. <laughs> I was going to say it's like I knew it was somewhere between and all like three and fifty, they're, but <laughs> they're all great. They're funny as hell. They're great, all of them. Yeah, no, he's got a good sense of humor, isn't he? I've I've not read his books. Yeah, I've read a couple. Yeah, of thank them. God. It makes it a lot. It makes it really easy on the road. Trust me. We all we all laugh together. We all we're all constantly busting each other's balls all day long on tour. It's it makes things a lot easier. Yeah, because we're all we're all you know dealing you know sacrificing being away from our loved ones or families. Yeah. We all keep ourselves up and keep ourselves happy and chipper yeah by busting busting each other's balls all day long and like, that's how we do <laughs> and like you know even though it's your job and you love it there's still parts yeah. of every day where you're going to be bored out your mind right well i mean the only time i love it is like when i'm on stage for you know 90 minutes you know and then after that it's kind of like <laughs> before that it's like <laughs> can we play it you know what i mean uh, do, you luckily, do you get nerves at this stage oh, in your career always are you, you kidding me if really? I didn't get nerves, that, that means something is wrong. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, there's always got to be an but, element of that, isn't there? If the nerves is not like, oh, my God, fuck. It's more like, oh, my God, fuck, I'm going to play. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, but a little bit of like, oh, shit. It's like, you know, when you get on a on a, a roller coaster and you're up, going up the ramp, that's the feeling I get. And you're yeah. like, holy shit. Yeah. And, you, and, and, you, and then, then I'm all right. When you come up back on the other end, I'm like, all right. After I count the band in, that's that's – that's the dip on the roller coaster. The nerves just go, don't they? The second you hit that first chord, I'll play guitar, but the second you hit that Gone. first chord, it's like the nerves right. just disappear, right? Right. And this has been, that's been with me since day one. I've always been that way. It's, a, it's, a, it's an excitement kind of nerves. It's not like, you know, oh my God, I'm scared. It's the red light. I can't go on. You know, it's not like that. It's more excited and just, you know, anticipation. 
Is there is there any gig that you can recall that has made you more nervous than any other? Like some of those wow. festivals and stuff must have been a bit like. Well, the first the, the sea of people. It's funny you say that. I mentioned it before. The first time ever playing a festival was when I was playing drums for Shelter mm. in front of like 60, 70,000 people at, at Dynamo. That was like, <gasps> by then I only played in front of like, you know, a couple hundred people, you know, yeah. whether it be yeah. at CBGB's or at Squat, you know what I mean? Like 70,000 people. I never even played That's in front crazy. of a thousand people then. It was more oh like God. 400 people. All of a sudden I'm in front of 40,000 people. I'm like, dude, the fuck? <laughs> you know what I mean? God. Those guys already played in front of those kind of crowds. Actually, I don't think they have. I think that was their first big festival show as well. So it was all something we all experienced together. It was a beautiful yeah. thing, man. There's one point, actually, I saw the video recently. Someone sent me a, a YouTube clip. There's one point where the camera kind of got in front of me, like really close. And it caught me like smiling, kind of laughing, because kind of more like, I can't believe I'm doing this like <laughs> like the person caught my reaction right at the right time it was awesome to see that little 25 year old me like <laughs> yeah know? man those totally are the footage of those uh, old dynamo gigs and that you know machine head at dynamo and biohazard at dynamo we used to get yeah. that on mtv over here we were just like it's funny it's funny that. you mentioned that because the show that we played we were opening up for um uh i think venom Venom. Oh. oh wow! And that was the, that was the first time. Black and that was the metal. first time all three of them, uh, uh, Abaddon and, and Mantis and and Chronos, uh, 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 um, all played together for the first time since Welcome to Hell or Black Black Metal. No, since Welcome to Hell. Was it Welcome to Hell? Black Metal. No. What's the one after At War with Satan? Because At War with Satan that was the last time, and they broke That's up after that. Big reunion. Yeah, it was a big, big reunion. Must have had a big crowd. And it's funny though. Um, when I, when I was watching them, I mean, at first I was kind of like, oh my God, I'm watching Venom. I can't fucking believe I'm watching Venom. <laughs> they had, they did like an hour and change show. So the first half of their show, it was just regular stage set. And all of a sudden the stage went black after 30 minutes and they started with Hell, Hell Breaks Loose. It went back to their old stage setup from like 83, 84. Like, really? what the hell's going on? Freaking Abaddon is like 20 feet up in the air and they had the <laughs> big ass stacks behind them. The smoke looked just like that ultimate revenge uh, metal video of the footage on that. And I, I was tripping. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm in the middle of the crowd. And they had these like green laser light things pointing out from the, from the stage that surrounded you. And you were in a pentagram. Oh, wow, well, man. That was, it was yeah. I was like, what the fuck is going on? This is amazing. <laughs> I was with the bass player, uh, Franklin Reed, who was with me from shelter um, at the time. He was just, you know, you know, getting to the whole Krishna, you know, consciousness and stuff like that. And he's like, I'm like, you're into Venom? He's like, he's like, yeah, man, I used to love Venom. I'm like, wow, cool. So we're all <laughs> headbanging to Venom. Yeah. <laughs> but Dynamo, yeah, they did look fantastic gigs, didn't they? At Dynamo. That was one of the best, that was one of the best introductions to that world for me ever to yeah, play yeah. those kind of festivals. That's something else. Wow. Yeah. What an experience. It's mental, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. We never made, we never made it over to, Europe. we haven't have we no, no european festival no. we great, go, yeah we want to go to hellfest we want to go to wacken and we always just go oh it's so much easier to go to download than we do yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. every year what are we gonna do it let's just do it oh wacken wacken is mud fest as well big time is it oh my god it always <laughs> rains there does it 
<laughs> it's always Mudfest. I, I played there like three times, and every time it's like, <laughs> like God, to the stage. <laughs> like, nope. They yeah, used that. Um, there's a, on YouTube. They got accept. You know, you know, accept. Obviously, at, mm. at Wacken. I think it's 2017, and obviously, when you put it on, the crowd literally goes back. You can't see the end of it. It's massive. Right, because obviously they're German, aren't they? And they're just so massive over there. The crowd goes as far back (laughs) as the eye can see for it. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe one day. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. I was watching this really interesting thing on YouTube last night, and it was um it was these it was these like tribal guys who never even really listened to music apart from like tribal music, like in their own tribes, etc. etc. And they put them in front of these laptops and put put headphones on um, and they played a Metallica and they showed them the video from like, um, from like when they played Russia, like, you know, the massive thing. Oh, in Russia. Yeah. And like, and it was showing you their reactions of like hearing like Metallica for the first time. And like all these people were like not into, they've never heard heavy metal and they, they couldn't even pronounce heavy metal. And it was just so interesting to see their reaction. Like, like, like one of them was like, oh my God, like, I don't even know what this is. This is awful. And then like, there was this old boy and he was like, I want to listen to everything they've ever done. He was like, so, he loved it so much. <laughs> and he was, he was the one in the group where you think there's no way he's going to appreciate that. Oh, he, that. Yeah. It's really interesting. They probably yeah. haven't heard Elvis, let alone Metallica. No, they? probably not. No. <laughs> <laughs> you got to start there and work your way up. <laughs> yeah. I love yeah. Elvis, man. Oh, yeah. Me too. I ain't going to deny it. There's so much. No, the whole family there, loves Elvis. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Same. Yeah, yeah, it's really rude. So, so we've been asking this to finish off, Roy. We've been asking this goofy question to everyone recently, which we love. Oh, here we go. <laughs> you can only have one song to send into the universe. It's just your choice. It can be any genre, anything you like. One song, and that's all that's going to exist out there for the, everyone else to hear. If there's anyone out there, yeah, every planet, every galaxy, go for it. Take your time. Uh, does, it have, for this. Does, does it does it have to does it have to fit the whole space thing or no? It, it doesn't no, have to fit no, no, anything, no. mate. It's just like right. you've got one song that could survive planet Earth, and you're putting it out there. It's yeah. all it's all we've got to send. Out one there. song. It's all we've yeah. got to send out there. We've had some oh, interesting my. answers so far. Yeah, Jesse Leach said he'd send Bob Marley up. That we knew he'd say. Yeah, that. No, yeah, we didn't. Bob Marley. Was it one love? Or we had a guy from a hardcore band. He said Wonderwall. Without Oasis. he didn't even pause. We asked the question. He went Wonderwall, <laughs> Oasis, and that was it. Like instantly. When the when the levee breaks, lights up. Oh uh, yeah, I love that. There it is. That's a good yeah. They're choice. not going to be disappointed with that, are they? No, not at all. Not at all. Are they one of your all-time favorite bands? Led Zeppelin. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. I I I mean, they're everything to me. Mm. I, I love that band. Led Zeppelin, Led Zeppelin, and Kiss and ACDC and Rush, uh, the seventies decade. Those are my favorite bands. Those are my. Those were my bands. Those yeah, are the yeah, bands yeah. I was listening to as a seven-year-old playing drums. That's how I learned how to play drums was through those bands. Yeah, oh, totally. and then punk came, and then industrial, and then new wave, and all, and post-punk a lot. Mm. But just my basis as a drummer. John Bonham, mm. all the yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Even, yeah. even, even, even Ringo Starr. I mean, he was the first drummer I've heard 
before listening to Zeppelin. I mean, my parents had Beatles records. So I heard with the Beatles, I heard, please, please me. I heard, you know, tomorrow never knows. I heard stuff like that, you know, like first, or even a lot of Motown music, a lot of soul music, you know, Al Green and James Brown, Curtis May. It's all, all of that together. Those yeah. are, that's where, that's my base. Those, that's my base. Did yeah. you, did you ever hear that? Um, there's a classic interview with John Lennon and um, they said to him, um, you know, what, what do you think about all these people who are saying that Ringo Starr's the best drummer in, you know, the best drummer in the world at the moment? And without even thinking, he said, best drummer in the world is not even the best drummer in the Beatles. <laughs> That's right. He did say that. Oh, my what, God. What a legendary thing to say, though. Uh, you know he's joking. Oh, that's of crazy. course. That's, a, that's of amazing. Course. Dude, a lot, of, a lot of people, some people, like, you know, say, oh, Ringo this, Ringo that. He wasn't like this. He was fucking phenomenal, man. It's like, have you heard anything he's done like yeah, who the yeah. hell i mean his drum fills i mean no one was doing that back then no weird like that was a great drum fills like tasty just at the right time right before you know executing into the next part it really like leads into the makes the next part sound huge mm. even oh, even a drum beat like like i said tomorrow never knows Ticket to ride those are great fucking beats man it's, it's so original sounding you know mm. And his push pull pocket of a groove, it's like I, there's nothing like it. That same goes for Charlie Watts, you know, yeah. just who just recently passed God away. Rest, rest in soul, peace. Yeah. Yeah, God cool. rest his soul. He's, he was one of my favorite drummers as well, you know. I, I had to actually got to see the Stones on a day off in Wales in 2018 when I was on tour with, um, with Stone Sour. Josh and I went to go see them at the, the, the soccer stadium in, in, uh, in, uh, Cardiff, mm. it's great, man. Millennium Stadium. That's it. Yeah, yeah. And a friend of ours, who um, uh, works for who works for Stones, got us, you know, decent passes to be there, and we met all their techs and held all their instruments. It was great. Oh, wow. I got a set of Charlie sticks. I mean, I, I got a picture on Charlie's drum kit. It was. I didn't get to meet the band. I don't care, but we got to see them, and it was yeah. The, yeah. one of the best fucking rock shows I've ever seen in my life. I'm like, fuck every show, every rock show I've ever seen in my life. That was the best show I've ever seen. And wow. the music the, through the PA, it got louder and louder and louder and louder. I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck is going on? I look back, I'm looking at the, at the gear that they had, like the sound engineer, all analog gear, nothing digital there whatsoever. I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah, makes a lot yeah. of sense. Um, yeah, they opened up with Street Fighting Man. Nice. I mean, my fucking jaw hit the floor. I'm like partying with a bunch of 60s and 70 year olds. Like beer was great. <laughs> they haven't done a shit. So they're they're like, what are you doing life. here, young man? You don't. <laughs> you're too young to be here. I'm like, no, I'm not. I fucking love this band. It's crazy, isn't it? Because like, was wasn't there like the first couple of albums were like mostly like cover songs, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. And then you know they've had such a career, haven't they? But like you yeah, say, like Charlie so Watts. I mean, he just he looked like he was doing nothing. He looked so. He made it look easy, didn't he? You know. Mm. He's solid, man. You know, he's a, I mean, he's a jazz drummer playing rock. That's why he yeah. sounds the way he sounded. Most yeah. of the drummers then were all jazz based. I mean, the bottom was jazz based. Mitch Mitchell was jazz based. Mm. They just played a certain way. They played harder because the amps started getting louder. Yeah. <laughs> That's a Jimi Hendrix drummer, isn't it? Mitch Mitchell. Yeah. yeah. He's, a, he's another one that I, he's another drummer. That's one of my favorites. I love Mitch Mitchell. I still listen to Jimi Hendrix at Woodstock now. I listen to it all the time. I listened to it the other day. Yeah. Everything Jimi Hendrix is great. He has never done 
one bad thing. It's all I just good. Love that Jimi Hendrix at Woodstock. I'm just putting. Yeah, it. I, I, I used to have it on VHS. Now, now I've just got it on Apple. Yeah, <laughs> still <laughs> listen to it. Great. What about? Um, I know we're, we're we're banging on about um, albums, so I'm just going to slip in Deep Purple in rock. Do you love that? I know. You know, I never really I love that. I never really listened to them. You know, I do. I do love. I do love Ian Pace. You know, he's a great drummer. I never really, I never really got any of the records. You know, my brother had Machine Head, but that's about that's it. The one you know? after, isn't it? Mm. Oh, yeah. it's just that when I was growing up, it was played to death in my house. Deep Purple in rock, so it's ingrained. It's in there. I've got into love them it. later Absolutely on down the it. road. I've, like in, in recent years, I've I've listened. I've been listening to them more. You know, and they're fucking great. You know, Ian Gillen, what a voice. Yeah, yeah. God, yeah, yeah, crazy. So, I mean, yeah. is it, do, do you listen to a lot of new music? Like, when you do, is it is it heavy stuff or is it more kind of like um, like the soundtrack stuff that you prefer to listen to? I've been, you know, I actually have been listening to, uh, I've been listening to a lot of more soundtrack stuff, yeah. Because mm, mm. I, I just kind of, that's where my head is at, you know. Yeah. Or, or I listen to, you know, Old stuff I've grown up on, all vinyl. Like I'll throw for inst for like uh, for instance, like for inspiration, I'll throw on Pink Floyd album. You know, yeah, Dark Side yeah, of the Moon, yeah. or or you know, I'll skip over and throw on Around the Fur by Deftones or yeah. stuff like that. Or I'll throw on uh, something more contemporary, like the Go the Gojira stuff. You know, that's the, the newer yeah. stuff. I listen to them. I love them. Oh, that's like Mario, so Mario is like. One of my favorite drummers right now. He's fucking great. I love. I, love, I just love watching live videos of him. He's he's phenomenal to watch. Like, <laughs> he's sick, dude. Yeah, I got to. I don't. We met each other a couple times. He's super nice, really cool guy, and his brother's great too. The whole band's really good. Yeah, I'm really. I'm really. Uh, they're the newest band I'm listening to right now. I'm really yeah. into. Yeah. What were we talking about earlier? With, that white zombie oh, drama. Um, every every time I die. Have you heard them? Yeah. We were yeah, listening they, to them earlier because the, yeah, the new albums it? just dropped out and it's radical. Oh, radical. Yes, it's yeah, I heard I, I heard I heard something from them Pretty yesterday. Good. I, I think they're being played on Octane or or on or on uh, Liquid Metal and uh, on on a uh, serious radio over here. Mm. Yeah, mm. yeah, they sound really good. There's some great. There's code. There's Code Orange, which is really good. Code, code Orange. Orange. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah that, that last album was crazy, wasn't it? It was. It's like, insane. Like, but like, it's the only way I can ever describe it is you put that on, you're in for an intense journey, right? And it's, it's just, it's all over the place, but you, you feel compelled. You have to listen to the entire thing, you know? There's um, the band called Drain from. It's so, it's, it's so poly, poly, polyrhythmic. Yeah. Exactly that. Yeah. Roy, have you heard Drain? You guys froze up. Have you, oh, yeah. oh, are you still there? Roy, have you heard Drain? From I think they're from Santa yeah. Cruz. Drain, Drain the hardcore no. band. Hardcore band Drain. No. Oh, there's another. Speaking of hard, hardcore band, I'm really into the new uh, Turnstile record. We got yeah. tickets to see him in February, right? Oh my god, dude! That we... new Turnstile record. No, that's sick. No, I, I, I'm going to see him in February. I can't <laughs> say I can't say anymore about it other than it's fucking great. Love connection. I've never seen him live, but record that new turnstile record is incredible yeah love connection is called, isn't it is it called love connection something like that oh it's, it's brilliant think, isn't it? it's so. fantastic it's like but it's they, awesome they completely changed their style right so they went they've gone kind of like more kind of like 
there's not there's like elements of shoegaze in there and all sorts of stuff. It's just like they completely changed their style. It's like it's like hardcore and hip hop and, and it's whatever. Everything. It's weird as fuck, and I love it. Yeah, yeah it's different. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. a great. Um, yeah, February, I'm going to see him. That's great. And January, we're going to see Higher Power. And they're from Leeds in Power, the UK. Yeah. Have you heard of them at all? No. Check no. them out, man. Yeah, Higher get, Power. Get Higher Power. Hardcore right. band from UK Leeds. Yeah. Haven't it? <laughs> we'll let you go, man. We're just banging on about music now. Which no, is good. It's all right. Which is good. Which is good. Get you plenty, plenty to work with. Oh, mate. Yeah. It's been great chatting to you. Really yeah. has, and you know, and congratulations, congratulations on such a like, you know, an amazing career playing with amazing, some of our favorite albums of all time. You know, we've grown, played drums on some yeah, of our favorite. You know, we've grown albums. up with this stuff, so you know, yeah. it's it's, been, it's, a, it's an honor. It's to been an honor to talk to you. Yeah, no, genuinely, honor, pleasure, honor, and pleasure for me too. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Nah, Brilliant. Mate. Good luck, well, yeah. Yeah, enjoy the rest of your day. Well, hopefully, I don't, uh, yeah. don't know what the we'll weather's run, like. Over hopefully, there. we'll run into each other when I'm over in your parts and uh let me know when you want to come to one of the shows and we'll search out amazing we yeah, definitely let that. you know man where, where, where are you guys we, we are south end in essex yeah so we're just okay. um yeah just sort of like 40 minutes from london basically so yeah i, I know you are yeah, yeah. Just, we're at the seaside yeah right at the seaside <laughs> a lot of seagulls here roy <laughs> not a lot of sea. I'm not gonna take a lot here. There's a lot of sea. Mine, 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 mine. <laughs> <laughs> what yeah. a great film. <laughs> oh, the best. You yeah, can't beat daughter, it, right? My daughter loves it. Yeah. And it's funny, my, my wife's Australian, so it works out perfectly. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> All right, mate. Well, enjoy the rest of your day. And once again, thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Peace, Roy. Take care, hey. buddy. All right. Speak take soon. Easy. Bye, bye.